The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. What should be our response when our favorite Bible teacher gets criticized? Should criticism never happen in the body of Christ? And what about respect as a related issue? We will talk about these things coming up. You've tuned to Grace in Focus. We're glad you're here today. Grace in Focus is the radio and podcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society of North Texas. Our website is faithalone.org. We'd like you to go there to find out more about us, our articles, blogs, some free ebooks, some resources that will be helpful to you in understanding the free grace position. That is faithalone.org. Now with today's question and answer discussion, here are Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates. And this episode is brought to you courtesy of a question by Debbie. She doesn't put it in the form of a question, but evidently she heard or read somebody from GES. I'm going to blame it on you. It could be me. It could be you. I realize it could be me, but I don't want to take the blame. Uh, (laughs) uh, Basically, what she says is she has really appreciated the teachings of Dr. Charles Stanley, his educational accomplishments and the way he's mastered the Bible. And evidently she read or heard something from someone associated with GES that disagreed with something he was taught. Was critical of something right. he said. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't say what it was. She does say, though, that he has passed away and we need to let the man rest in peace. So this could be a, a broader topic. What do we do about anybody, not just Charles Stanley, but any teacher we hear from whatever background if we hear them say something with which we disagree. Yeah, that's a good point. And she does talk about, you didn't read the whole email, but she does talk about the fact that Dr. Stanley had many, many years of formal education for his master's degree and his doctorate. And he also continued to study the Bible since then, up until I think he was 89 or 90 when he passed, maybe even 91 And he continued to study the Bible his whole life. I think her point is we should respect someone for dedicating so much time to study the Bible. And I do. I think we should honor people who spend a lot of time studying the Word of God. But that doesn't mean that we're correct on everything we say or write. I would also say that this is something you run into a lot, for example, in Southern Baptist circles when you deal with Billy Graham. Right. If you say something critical of something that Billy Graham said, it's almost anathema right? with some people. You know, do we say that no matter what someone like that says, we ought to respect them? I'm assuming that Debbie does not believe Charles Stanley is infallible. So how do we respond to this? And I know that you and I are going to come from the same place, which is all teachers make mistakes. Right. And James says, and let not many of you become teachers, for as such we will incur a stricter judgment, James 3, 1. And in the early church, they had some people who were called elders in the local church, and these were the primary teachers. And he's saying, don't let many of you do that because you're going to have a stricter judgment at the judgment seat of Christ because you're talking more about the Word of God and you're going to be held accountable. And I know we feel... A tremendous burden in that regard, right? I mean, every time I do a radio program, I'm kind of nervous because we're doing some of this, most of this, spontaneously. 
And so it's, Lord, please guide my lips that I don't say anything that's incorrect. We want to tell the truth, and we want to rightly divide the truth. But I think we realize that we can say something that's not true. That's That's the whole problem. All right, and let me tell you the other reason I get nervous before we do these shows. It's because tone matters. What if what I say about Charles Stanley or John MacArthur or John Piper is accurate, but my tone is rude and condescending. I may say something that's right, but I'm disrespectful in the way I say it. That's a problem. I understand there was a famous Christian philosopher who was a genius, and he was an expert at debate. And he used to debate people, and he would annihilate them, and yet the audience would always feel he lost the debate. Because he was so rude and arrogant toward the opponent, the people's sympathy went with the other person. That's a concern I have. And I hope those of you who are listening don't hear me being rude or condescending or acting like, well, I know better because I went to Dallas Theological Seminary or I know better because I have this degree and that degree or I know better because my professors were so-and-so and so-and-so. The truth is, what I'm saying is only accurate if it's consistent with the Word of God. And my education, also my experience, only has a tangential impact on whether what I'm saying is true. I think the most important thing about whether what I'm saying is true is whether I am beseeching God to open His Word to me and whether my attitude is a humble attitude toward God and toward His Word. Just jumping in here to make you aware of our magazine, Grace in Focus. It is a bi-monthly, six issues per year, 48-page magazine, full color. And we want you to subscribe by emailing your name and your snail mail address to ges at faithalone.org. The subscription is free. It can be accessed electronically or it can be actually physically sent to you if you live in the lower 48 United States. That's our Grace and Focus magazine. Send your name and snail mail address to ges at faithalone.org. I think the most important thing about whether what I'm saying is true is whether I am beseeching God to open his word to me and whether my attitude is a humble attitude toward God and toward his word. Remember James 4, 6 and 1 Peter 5, 5, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. That's true in interpretation, don't you think? Yeah, and I, and I think with Debbie's question here, to summarize it in a way would be, as I mentioned, all Bible teachers say incorrect things. And I would think that any Bible teacher, if they would step back and think about it, would say, well, if I've said something that's not true, I want people to call me out. Right. I know I've said many things that later I said, ooh, that's not right. Mm -hmm. I know that's true for every Bible teacher I've ever known, and Charles Stanley is no different. So whatever it is that Debbie has in mind here, that whoever said it about him— the question is not that someone said what Charles Stanley said was was wrong. The question is, did he say something that was incorrect? Yeah, and let me point out something here. Maybe this is what Debbie was commenting on. I think I said somewhere, maybe it was on a radio or something I wrote, that Charles Stanley used to be kind of a warrior for the grace of God and the free gift of eternal life. 
And as he got older, particularly in his 80s, he began to say things that sounded like, at least occasionally, he was promoting lordship salvation. I had lots of people send me things, and they would say, listen to this, and I would. And it, and it sounded like he was proclaiming a soft lordship salvation. But let me say to Debbie, his book, Eternal Security, is a fantastic book. It is one of the best books on assurance of salvation and the eternal security of the believer there is. Now, it was a kind of a co-effort between him and his son, Andy, who was at Dallas when we were there. I remember grading some of Andy's papers, and that book is a terrific book. Since then, Andy has changed some. Well, I was going to so bring that Dr. up. Stanley. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. A lot of, well, some people have commented to me saying, you know, Andy Stanley is teaching things that before he didn't teach. So is that legitimate to point that out? I would say yes. If some, whoever it is, if they teach one thing and then 10 years later, they're teaching something different or opposite of that, you have to call that out. You say, well, they're both not right. <laughs> both both teachings are not right. And we're, we all should be striving for the truth. Exactly. And you and I both do these short little five to 10 minute videos on YouTube. Uh, mine go out Monday, I guess, at 9 o'clock Central Time. And I think yours go out at Friday at 9 o'clock. When we do those, we're looking for things to talk about. And, you know, what other people say is fair game. And so sometimes we will comment on what people say. But the truth is, other people are doing the same thing about us. Right. Right. I see videos where people are commenting on Grace Evangelical Society or me or Zane Hodges or you. And OK, fine. Comment on me. I, I just watched one yesterday from a, a young evangelical and I would like to talk to the guy because he points out that he when he f first came to faith, he was free grace and that now he's a five point Calvinist. And I listened to his 14 minute message. And he doesn't understand the free grace position. Whatever he was calling free grace was not really the free grace position, but a caricature of it. I really would like to talk to the guy because he's young. He's in his late 20s. And it sounds like he might be open. So a lot of it to me has to do with when you're dealing with people who are professionals in the Christian world, are they open? And a lot of the people who have been teaching, let's say, Lordship Salvation for decades, don't appear to be open at all. Their Some, mind is made up yeah. right, on this issue. and But this guy, who's only been involved in Reformed thought for a year or two, he might well still be open. And we hope to reach such people. You're headed off to Moldova next week, right? And you're going to be ministering to ministry people over in Moldova. And, there's, and they're coming from different views on some, right. from what I understand. This is my first time over there. But yeah, I'm going over there and, and people are have different views on the free grace issue. And some, eternal security exactly. is widely rejected in Europe. Exactly. And so I expect those who are that way, at least initially, to disagree with me. Right. And, and that's not going to offend you. No, that's not going to offend me at all. And I I think Debbie's question brings up a natural tendency. If there's someone we like, and it's true for all of us, like you and I were both taught by Zane Hodges, we might be tempted, if, and you and I have heard a lot of people attack Zane Hodges. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, right? It's just human nature to say, well, wait a second, I'm, I've got to defend him. 
But Zane Hodges said some things that you and I don't agree with him on. And, we didn't and, agree with everything. Exactly. And so just because someone points it out doesn't mean that we're wrong. Yeah, let me give a quick example. Yeah. I know Ken wouldn't talk on himself, but he went to uh, a school in Mexico and taught for about a week. And now he's not welcome to go back there ever again because they didn't, even though it was purportedly a free grade school, they didn't like what you said, right? They, yeah, they said now they, they reject a, a strong free grade. And the same thing happened in Zambia, right? You right. went to Zambia and you were teaching in a school over in Zambia for free. In other words, getting there at your at GES expense and all this. And you were teaching and now the people in Zambia don't want you back either, that particular school. Because they don't want the strong free grace position. Right. Well, you're not offended, are you? No. If they disagree with that position, if they say this is not what we believe, then that's okay. Well, thanks, Debbie. Thanks for the question. And remember, keep grace in focus. Be sure to check out our daily blogs at faithalone.org. They are short and full of great teaching, just like what you've heard today. Find them at faithalone.org slash resources slash blog. We would like to thank all of our financial partners who help us keep this show going. All gifts are tax deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can be a financial partner, visit us at faithalone.org. On the next episode, is Hebrews 6 saying that we work for eternal salvation? Join us, and until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.